Giving. Uh, giving, yeah. <laughs> giving, giving, growing through giving, the giving of ourselves. How much of yourself do you give away tonight? Do you give away all of you? Or do you give half of you tonight? They must be a big church. We want to grow through giving of ourselves to the, to the Lord. Amen. And as I said last night, that's important. God wants us. And when we give ourselves away so He can use us, Amen. And we will make everything beautiful in our lives and our times. Amen. And we look forward to being in this place and in the heavens to come. Amen. And commit ourselves to the King tonight. We want to grow in the kingdom. As children of God, we move to forth. You know, the Bible tells us to move on. Let's go on to perfection. In other words, let's go on to completion. Let's let's be what God has designed to make us to be. Amen. So that you know, He comes back for us. We'll be able to hear Him say, "Well done, that good and faithful servant." Enter into the joy that has been prepared for you from the foundation of the earth. Amen. God has got so much. He says, I have not seen and ears not heard and you haven't entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Amen. There's so much that I don't think we're scratching the surface tonight. We have some things we're about to ask him. Amen. 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 Just, it gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. And God helps us to grow. We look inwardly. You know, as we, as we talk, we got to cultivate it. You know, you got to work it. You know, you gotta, you gotta get in there and dig it and dig it and dig it. And, you know, as, as, when Jesus came and he tells that parable about cutting down the fig tree, the guy says, "Let me dig and dump around it." <laughs> you know, in other words, let me work it. Let me get some fertilizer around it. And let's see what happens. And that's what we're trying to do. Is we want to dig in there. We want to get the stuff that's in there to prevent and grow, to get it out. Amen. The stuff that's in your life that's not like Christ, you know, we want to get it out. We, we want the Word to be able to get in there. And, you know, as Paul talks about it being like a, a surgical operation, to get in there and cut it out, get that thing out of there that's preventing you from growing and being what God wants you to be in your life. He has a purpose for it. As he says in Jeremiah 29, 11, God wants to use all of us. Amen. We have to find that place. And he wants to, to, to do something through you. I mean, he didn't save you just to sit there and teach. He, he's got a purpose for you. And he's got to find that and, and move forward. And one of the biggest things of frustration is a lot of people don't know what they were supposed to be doing. And, and God is what, you got to figure it out. Jesus says, my sheep know my voice and I know of them. So you have to let him get in there and let him begin to, to do his potting, put you on that potter's wheel and take it out and bring you back up and you know, start all over fresh and new. You know, amen. We love you, Jesus. Amen. So we just talked about growing through giving. So this month, amen, I know there's a message. We have missed one minute here of Thanksgiving, but we want to talk about growing through friendship. Growing through friendship. And our theme scripture. Uh, this this month will be a focus on more than many is Proverbs eighteen twenty four. A man that have friends must show himself friendly, and there's a friend that stick closer than a brother. Amen. How many of you got a Facebook account? How many friends you got? Don't have a clue. <laughs> don't have a clue. You know, it's amazing they told us. You know, you got all these friends on Facebook. I want to be your friend, you know, this person. They, they, you know, and I, I even some people, man, I got thousands and thousands of friends, you know. 
are you really true friends to Jesus? Now, you know, I like that, that saying because really we should. We should have lots of friends. You know, because the Bible says he that will have friends must show himself friendly. You know, and so therefore, you know, we are filled with the Spirit of Christ, and so therefore, we should be friendly. You know, we should be like him. He, he was a friend to sinners. He was accused of, of being friends to sinners. They even say he's gone to the house of, of sinners. He's a friend of the sinners, you know. And we should as well, you know. We should have all kinds of friends, but, you know. Uh, we should have... You know, close friends, they say that most people, you know, can count their close friends on one hand. But really, in the church, you know what? We should all be flowing over with friends. You know why? We in the same family. <laughs> Amen. See, we have to get to that point in our lives that, you know, we can confide in one another. We can listen to one another. We can share with one another. You know, and we can depend upon one another. Because we're in the family of God. These are the characteristics and the character that God wants us to have in us. If we notice that the gifts of the Spirit, he says, is love, it is joy, it is peace, it is long-suffering, it is gentleness, and goodness, and faith, and meekness, and temperance, against such there is no law. So if God's love is in me, John tells us in 1 John 4, 11, he says, if God loved us, we ought to love one another. See, and if I say I love you, then I should be able to be your friend. See, because true love casts out sin, and true friends watch out for each other, and they share with each other. And we are able to get things accomplished together, one with another. Amen. As we begin to look at our, our opening statement here a little bit, amen. I have seen posted on social media the letters BBBFM, best friends forever. But are these people best friends forever? Well, they last about one click on that. They're not really best friends ever. It would be nice if they are or were. It has been stated that most people can count their true friends on one hand. Friendship ought to be mutual reciprocal as between David and Jonathan. Then in 1 Samuel 18, 1, it says that David and Jonathan's souls were knitted together. If you notice anything about knitting, you can see how they sit. I watch my wife every morning when we're doing the devotion. She always knitting. I think she knitting. <laughs> yeah, she's knitting. And she's always making something. She's either making slippers for the grandkids and, you know, and she's making dish rags. She's making dish rags. She's making scarves and blankets and all these things. She just knit, knit, knit. And I'm going, wow. She does it so fast. You know, I, I said, I look over there next to her and I said, Oh, you done with that one already? Just knitting, 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 knitting while we're doing our good morning devotions and stuff, you know, and carrying on here. <laughs> but, but that's how Jonathan and David was. They were knitted together. Mm -hmm. See, and so we should be able to come together. You know, the Bible says, you know, in Ecclesiastes, or he says, if, if two walk together and one fall, he's got someone to help him up. If he's cold and lay together, he's got warm. He says, a threefold cord is not easily broken. See, so we, we need friends. We need people that we can rely upon and depend upon to help us. A man that receives friendship ought to return it, or otherwise he is guilty of great ingratitude. This may be spiritually applied. A believer is a man of friends. Notice. A believer is a man of friends. As it may be rendered, he has many friends. God is his friend. Jesus 
says in John 15 to his disciples, I have called you. He says, and I made known to you the things that the Father has made known to me. So he's laying the groundwork here for how friends should be able to interact with each other. We should be able to interact. There's, there's a lot of benefits to having friends. Amen. And we're talking a little bit about these here in a few moments here. Amen. But if we realize that the golden rule, as you hear me say constantly, the golden rule should always be being applied in our lives. We always do unto others as we would have them to do unto us. The people of the world today are so lonely. There's people that are lonely. They don't have anybody they can talk to. And it would all be nice if they had at least one friend that they could call or one friend that they could depend upon so that that person could help them to grow and to be edified and build up. Amen. They say that a dog is a man's best friend. Why would a dog be a man's best friend instead of a man being a man's best friend? You know, you kiss a dog and he comes right back and licks your hands, right? He's faithful. Those characteristics should be in us. Because those are God's attributes. See? We need to be like Him. Amen. We want to be like Him. Jesus says it's the sick that need the physician. See? The people that are struggling in their lives with sin and, and sickness, they need someone they can depend upon, someone that they can rely upon and trust. Jesus also says in Luke 16, verse 9, make yourself friends with the mammon of unrighteousness, that when you fail, they may receive you into everlasting habitation. In other words, use your resources to build some friendship. So that if you fall, hey, they can receive you as well. When your stuff run out, <laughs> you know, you can have somebody, they, they'll take you in. See? You don't, you don't need to always have forever. You know, it causes the rain on the just and the unjust. See, so we want to make sure that we build, do things to build friendships with people. You know, Get to know your neighbors. See, you depend on your neighbors, and your neighbors depend on you. So you know them. We have to learn how to relate to one another. Friends are especially precious in times of trial. True friends are not like the locusts, which seek only the green pastures and fruitful fields and leave them as soon as they have taken from them all that they could feed upon. A herd of locusts that comes in and they eat up everything. And when they're all done, they fly off. That's not what friends do. See? Friends are not like locusts. They don't come in and eat up everything. They're like the stars. They're always shining in the dark times. They're always guiding. They're always showing direction. Amen. You can look up in the night and see that beautiful star, especially the North Star. You know, they are, the North Star is always, you follow the North Star, you know, because it gets you to the place of safety. And that's what friends should be like. We should be like the star that shines bright. I think Jesus tells us in Matthew 5 to let your light shine so that men will be able to see your good work and glorify your Father, which is in heaven, right? So we should be a friend that is shining and bright to help out other friends. Proverbs uh, 17, uh, 27 17 says that, 17 says that iron sharpens iron. So a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. See, we want to be able to help one another to grow in the things of Almighty God. Amen. You see, a friend is always about fellowship. Okay. How much fellowship do you have with your friends? Look at Acts chapter 2. 
verse 38 through 47. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. Then Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, of the promises to you, to your children, to all that are far beyond the end of the that's Paul. But then he has many other words in the testimony of God said, save yourself from this increase in Christian. They would gladly receive his word and baptize them. That would remain God's idolatrous words and making steadfast in your false doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. Notice, the early church immediately came out the gate in friendship. It's like building that friendship right off the bat. Fellowship. Uh, with one another. And that's how friends are built, is when you fellowship with people. You know, it's, it's amazing. We, we have to get in the habit of spending time with other people and sharing uh, with them. That's what Jesus did, is he went from house to house. He went to people's house. He went to the places that others did not want to go. And that's why he accused him of being a friend with the sinner. You know? You have the power to make right choices and right decisions. You, you have the power to be able to choose when to leave and when to stay. See? But if you get there and you start fellowshipping with one another and you begin to build a relationship the way God wants us to build that relationship, you'll have more friends. See? You never know who you're going to help through your fellowship and friendship time. Friends, it's, it's, it's the fellowship brings us close together. We need to do more of it. You know, when I first came into church, that's what they used to do all the time. It's fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. I mean, when we were overseas, you know, when military people was overseas, it, you know, it's not uncommon, you know, to have all kinds of people in your house. You know? And, and a lot of people grow that way because they're fellowship. And a lot of those people are still friends today. They built friends, you know, because of the fellowship. Thanksgiving time, I mean, we had a little 800 square feet house there in Okinawa, but it was packed out all the time with GIs, you know, their families. Because we just make a big spread and everybody just come in and play games and fellowship and have a good time. You know, because a lot of a lot of them was away from home, you know, and we was not about to leave anybody in the barracks. You know, I mean, we would always Thanksgiving time. You know, we would say, "You got any place to go for Thanksgiving?" Sometimes people say, yeah, I'm going to so-and-so's house. Then they've invited me. Great. But if not, we want to make sure we got them out of the barracks. We got them a place that they could come, have a good meal, have a good fellowship, play games together. Amen. And a lot of those people, I mean, we built friendships. And we're still communicating today all around the world. You know, because of that. That's what we need to do more in the church. If we notice the early church, they continued in fellowship. See? We're coming up at a time of season that is the best time. Your neighbors, invite them in. You know, yeah, they may be having you know fellowship at their house. They may be having meals, but invite them. Say, hey, you got any places? You guys doing anything for Thanksgiving? If you're having, you know, your your family or whatever, you know, you never know. And as a result of that, you can build a new friend. Because you're showing people you really care. See? So we have to realize that that friendship has its fellowship. Friendship is respect. We grow with respect. A friend will respect you. They will respect your home. They will respect your family. They will respect your property when they visit. You know, they will see it as theirs. They respect you. Amen. They respect you. They respect your spouse. They respect one another. 
Job's friends, if by all accounts, they didn't respect Job. Yeah, they didn't respect him. They they came and they sat for seven days, said nothing, and then all of a sudden they started accusing him. I guess that's why the Bible says, "Make sure you're friends." <laughs> you know. If we should have friends, don't get me wrong, but we still need to make sure they're true friends. See, Job's, Job's so-called friends, you know, they started accusing him. Friends don't do that. They don't accuse you. Yes, friends can tell you when you're wrong. They can use corrective criticism and help you to get and stay you, keep you on the right track. But they don't sit there and keep pounding you and pounding you and pounding you like Job's friends did him. See, true friends would, as Job told his friends, when you read scriptures, Job says, if I was in the, the state of you, he says, I wouldn't be talking to you like this. I'm paraphrasing. He says, I would be edifying you. I would be building you up and encouraging you and strengthening you, not tearing you down. Your friends don't tear you down. They build you up. See? When people are trying to be your friend, one of the things you're going to find is they're going to try to always encourage you. They're going to always try to get you to smile. They're going to always try to get you to feel good about who you are. They're going to try to pull the best out of you. They're going to just keep nagging you to some degree to try to get you to see where you can really be and come up to the bar where they want you and can see things in you. They're not going to try to discourage you. They're going to try to help you in every way they can. Amen. It's what they do is they pour it in you. They're going to respect you. They're going to respect what you're doing. But they're going to try to look out for you as well and help you to grow in those areas that they see in you. Sometimes people can see things in you that you may not see in yourself. And as a result, a true friend will work on you and encourage you and try to build you and edify you to take you to that point in your life. And it's what they try to do. So, Job, as I said, Job's friends didn't respect him. Yeah. But he kept trying to do the right thing about them. A true friend has integrity. You know, a true friend has strong integrity. You tell them something, they're not going to tell anybody else. You will know that you can rely upon them when you share your heart with them. They will be there for you. They're not going to run out and tell everybody else. You know, you, you'll be able, you can drop little things and little hints to test to see if they're going to tell somebody else. Okay. So they have strong integrity about themselves. In First Kings chapter five, you know, you think of uh, Elijah's servant Gehazi. Gehazi saw all that God was doing for Elijah, you know, and you know he was with them constantly, you know. But then in number First Kings chapter five, we know the story of Naaman, who was a leper, right? And after Naaman was healed, and he tried to give to Elijah, and Elijah says, no, basically, I don't want anything for what God just did for you. But then all of a sudden, Naaman is leaving. His servant Gehazi, I couldn't believe that Naaman, that Elijah did not take anything from him. So he runs behind the chariot of Naaman, and Naaman sees him coming, and he stops and sits down. And then Gehazi begins to tell him a lie and says that, you know, my master had, you know, some people come and he, he needs some silver and he needs a couple changes of raiments and all that stuff. And he, he gives it to him. But when his servant comes back with it, and then he takes it and put it in his house and he goes back to his master, Elijah says, where you been, Gehazi? Mm -hmm. He said, oh, I ain't going any place. So, yeah, he said, silver and gold and raiments and you know, all this stuff. 
He says the leprosy that was on Naaman is going to be on you and your house for the rest of your life. Should be natural in the church. Because our dad is honest. <laughs> you know, our dad is a God of integrity. Amen. Uh, Jesus is our father, and so therefore we should have strong integrity just like him. Uh, you should not have, you shouldn't have to tell me not to tell somebody else if you tell me something. If you don't tell me I can go blab it, <laughs> I should be telling it anyhow. All right. Uh, because you're confining in me. And so we have to get to this point. Then the Bible talks about tail bearers and all that stuff. So we need to get rid of that out of our lives because God wants us to be true friends. Okay. If a person is a tailbearer, they're not your friend. But see, because we have the Spirit of God, we should not be tailbearers. Now, I think I, I think that Solomon says that where the wood is is removed, what the strife ceases and all that stuff. So all we got to do is remove the source of some of this stuff, and it'll cease. We cultivate around them so that we can grow in these areas of our lives. You've got your friend, you've got to have integrity. Because that's the dad, as I said earlier. Your integrity, like your faith, should be running off the charts. Peace. 
all of peace with all men, and holiness without shall no man see the Lord. And the things that one may edify another. What can I do to build you? What can I do to lift you up? You know, morning manna that I send out every morning, I think I may have shared how it started. You know, I had a friend, you know, God was going through some stuff, and I just decided I was in prayer, and God said, send a word of encouragement. And I did. And then he sent it to someone else, and someone else says, does he do this every day? And my friend says, I don't know if he does or not. You know, I'll find out. And I told my friend, I said, no, I don't. <laughs> God says, oh, yes, you are. <laughs> and that was in 2000. And here it is, 2019. And every time I want to quit, God said, it's kind of time consuming. And every time I feel like I need to break it, start to taper down and break it down. You know, I get so many encouraging things, you know, it just amazes me how God works, you know. And just when I feel like I can say, okay, that's enough. I'm wore out <laughs> and I'm ready to, to bring it to an end. Somebody always posts on Facebook and sends me an email saying, can you put that in a book yet? When are you going to print your next book on today's morsel or is there an easier way to be able to get it? Yeah. Uh, oh, I have missed the manna. My email stopped coming through for some reason. How do I get the manna? Long story short, we have one more manna. <laughs> it goes all over the world. And just one, one person. some abilities and something that we can do to edify, to lift up, to build up someone else. And somewhat, you know, recently I started doing salt water dance. Man, now it seems like that has been working for me. There's a lot of people tweeting out saying, thank you, that's what I need to do. So, <laughs> I do. I ask people, how you doing? You know, what you been doing? Oh, I'm so busy. Well, what have you been doing? That you're so busy. I can't tell you. 
you can't come to what you need to do. <laughs> you know, I tell them all the time, I say, well, where's that word getting? That's the word industrial. <laughs> Just tell them getting industrial doesn't seem to help. Because if we get so busy, you know what I'm saying? I don't have time for you. That's what to me that word means. And somebody says, I'm busy. And I ask you, how is he doing? When they come back and tell me, I'm just so busy, what you just told me is, I don't have time for you. I want to always have time for people. I want to always try to get somewhere people in my care so I can have time with them and spend some time so that I can help edify them and build up and encourage because I want more friends. I want people that I can rely upon and depend upon and people that's going to help me to grow. See, I can't, I promise, yeah, I might can get to heaven by myself, but it sure be nice if I know you can help me get there. You know, that you kept me on the right track. Because when you have true friends, they're not going to let you get too far away from the right path now. They'll see that you are straying away, and they'll help pull you right back in line. That's what you want, is you want people that will do that, amen, to help you out. Friends are dependable. You can rely on friends. They're going to come through. It's kind of like when you have true friends that the spirit, you know, just seems like it gets a hold of you sometimes and says, hey, you haven't checked on so and so in a while. You need to call on them. You need to check up on them. See how they're doing. They're dependable. You know, the Lord said of Abraham there in Genesis 18, He says, See if the man is still standing after me. His whole house, see if the man is after me. And he'll keep him out of this house. You know what what God was saying? That's a sin on Abraham. He's relied. I can depend on him. He should be able to say the same thing about us. I know he's able to command his people. I know they can command their household. Why? Because he is friends. See, my friend Jesus says, if you do those things which I have commanded you, <laughs> so he's commanded us to be doers of his word, right? So, hey, so friends are needed. They're, they're important in our lives. Friend love us at all times. Proverbs 17, 17. And a brother is born for what? Adversity. A friend is going to always show you love. Amen. His love is unconditional. You don't have to do anything for him. He he loves you. He's going to always be there for you. And just like a brother that is born when you're going through trials and hardships and things in your life, that friend will be right there as well. He won't leave you. He will not forsake you. Amen. We need friends. A man born of understanding is striking hands and becomes surety in the presence of his friends. Proverbs 17 and 18. Do this now, my son, and deliver thyself. When I come unto the hands of thy friend, go humble thyself and make sure thy friend. Proverbs 6 and 3. Amen. Don't just co-sign for people. Make sure that they're your friend. Because the Bible says if you co-sign and they're not your friend and they don't make the payment, the the bill collector is going to take your bed. (laughs) They're going to come in and get something out of your house that they made that payment. So be sure you know this. Amen. Because it's it's important. Amen. Amen. Friends, all of us have them, but sometimes we don't realize how essential friends are, and we take them for granted. However, don't forget, best friends improve our lives. They make our lives better 
and provide a lot of benefits. Amen. Do you know the true value of your best friend? Number one, a best friend makes you smile for any reason or even without a reason. According to a recent study, having close friends around can lift your mood very quickly. You know what it is like to feel stomach aches because your pal is making you laugh so hard. Amen. Think about that. You know, if you've got a good friend, they make you laugh, and you just boil it over, you know, because you're, you're laughing. It edifies you. It strengthens you. Laughter is the best medicine. You know, that's why I used to love to get the Reader's Digest. That's why you should always go look for in that section in there. Laughter is the best medicine because it works out. You know, there's something in there you can read that's going to make you boil over and laugh. Laughter is good for you. And that's what friends do is they keep that smile on your face, that happy disposition, that joy or disposition because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. So we get into the habit of laughing more. Amen. It keeps us edified so that we don't go down. A friend will do that. He'll pick you up and encourage you. Amen. In our lives. Praise God. Make sure your thoughts are more positive and make you a happier person. Nobody want to be around sour fruit, right? I want you smiling all the time. That's why I do crazy things. that your true friends can reduce stress and make you feel better if you're tense. You feel comfortable when your friend is around. This person creates your comfort zone and thus spending quality time with him or her helps you decrease stress level. Express Amen. you want them to be your friend. It's kind of like in the mentorship program. 
When you have a mentor, you just don't want somebody that's going to tell you what you want to hear. You want somebody that's going to tell you what you need to hear so that you can be better and do better. Okay? And a best friend is the same way. They will give you corrective criticism. You know, when you are, are thinking about decisions or whatever, you know, they will help you in, in certain areas. Amen. If you're kind of knitted together like Jonathan and Nathan was, you know, you, you begin to gel together. You know, they feel your heartbeat. Uh, when you're going through things, they know you're going through it. It's kind of like the spirit kicks in and says, hey, someone's going through something. You know, you, you need to find out what's happening. You know, that's, that's how best friends are. Amen. He and she knows your strengths and your weaknesses. And so what they're going to try to do is they're going to try to take those strengths that you already have and help you build up those weaknesses so that you can be strong completely all around. Remember, we're moving to perfection. We're moving to completion. So we want to get rid of the weaknesses out of your life. We want you to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. And that's what your friends are going to do. They're going to try to make you as strong as they can in Christ for you. Sometimes your close friend is the person who knows you even better than you know yourself. They'll say to you, what are you doing that for? You know you don't like doing that. Why are you listening to that for? You know you don't like that kind of music. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they help correct you. Okay. A best friend helps you grow. Isn't that what you want? Maybe somebody's going to help you grow and be better. Your true friend boosts your personal growth because you both share experiences. It can be very useful for you as when you're stuck in a rut. It's cool to hear what other people are doing. Therefore, your close friend is a powerful stimulus to your development. They're going to help you. They're not going to leave you behind. As I said earlier, they're going to pull the things out of you because they can see. You know, you get an E on, you know, on an exam, they're going to look at you and say, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. They want you to have A's. Yeah. They, want, they are going to do everything in their power to make you successful in every area of your life. Okay. They, they're going to build you. They're going to strengthen you. They're going to help you to grow. When the area is your weekend, they're going to help you to be strong. You know, that's what they're going to do. Because they're your best friend forever. <laughs> Amen. As I said, they see it in you. They know it's there. Yeah. Counseling our man is like what? Deep quarters. A man is understanding where he wants to go about it. All that stuff that's in you deep that you don't even know is there. Uh, they'll be able to look at you. Boy, they're not using their potential. Boy, they're not using their talents. Boy, you should be doing this. Come on. Come up, come up, come up, wherever you are. Number six, a best friend is always ready to listen to you. At any hour of the day or night. No matter what time it is. Your best friend. Now one good thing about the cell phones now is you got that thing on there called Hey Siri. Now, there's certain people that I have in my favorite. You know, they're at late, late, late at night. They can get through when nobody else can. That's the way, that's what you want. If you tell me you're my friend and I'm your friend, you should be able to get a hold of me anytime you need me. If you get bad news and you need your shoulder to cry on, you should be able to get a hold of me. That's awesome. You need to get through. And others can't. Yours should be able to get through. When others can't knock on my door and come, you should be able to get come and knock on my door. Amen. I'm your friend. When you are facing battles and trials, they should be 